Welcome to the Voke Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to the Vogue Podcast on Vogue FM. In this episode, I'll be interviewing professional voice actor Michael Goff, whom you guys might know best as the voice of Lord Sadler from Resident Evil 4, or perhaps you also might have heard him in the Shrek video games, where he voiced the mighty ogre himself, Shrek. Thank you so much for coming on, Michael. How are you doing today? Excellent. It's kind of hot here in Los Angeles, but... uh... You know, we'll survive. It's hot uh, over here, too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I can't wait to ask the first question, which is, when did you get into acting? Yeah, I, um, unlike a lot of people, I guess, a lot of actors, it wasn't something that I, like, knew that I was going to do early on. I'm going to take glasses on. <clears throat> so... Basically, I was in college, um, mm-hmm. and I was almost done with college, and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. I had gone to this college, UC Santa Barbara. I'll shout out the alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, on a little tiny athletic scholarship, actually, uh, and by tiny, I mean really tiny. Uh, I was a shot putter and discus thrower. Uh, uh, and I was, yeah, I was into music and then I was getting uh, an English degree. Um, and I was about to graduate and I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I didn't really want to teach necessarily. So I thought, well, maybe I'll go back to school, stay in school and try to get another, uh, like a music degree. Mm. Um, and I kind of looked into that and it seemed like too much work because it's basically kind of lazy. Um, but uh, on a whim, one day uh, I saw signs around the campus that said auditions for original one act plays. Basically it was the, they had a playwriting class and they were producing like a half a dozen of these short one act plays that the students had written. Mm. And I just thought, because I always enjoyed reading out loud, I thought that would be fun to do, to try before I leave school. Mm-hmm. So I went and I tried out and I auditioned. I went to this audition for these short plays and it was like a kind of a cattle call. They had a bunch of people there and the authors were just walking around to different people and saying, could you read this? Can you read, could you read this scene, please? Mm-hmm. And one of these students, this, this, this girl came up to me, asked me to read her scene and I did. And then she said, don't talk to anybody else. I want you to be in my play. <laughs> and I said, okay, sure. Um, that's kind of a long story. And that's how that was my first experience really with acting. Um, and I did this short one act play. It was only one performance. And I'm still really good friends with the girl who wrote it. She's gone on to write a whole bunch of other things. And, mm-hmm. um, I, and, I, and something kind of got into me and I thought, hmm, it, it went well, you know, people liked it and 
I wonder, is this something that I could actually look into? So I ended up staying in school, going through the, like the theater program there and got another degree in theater. Uh, yeah. A master's start, you know, degree, right? I got a master's degree in theater. Actually, the, the master's degree is technically in playwriting because they didn't have a master's degree in acting. But so I took the playwriting courses, but I also went through all of the acting, the, the undergraduate acting program that they had there. Um, mm -hmm. So, and then I moved to Los Angeles. I'm originally from uh, the Bay Area, you know, San Francisco, San Francisco yeah. Jose, Bay Area. Um, uh, Here's a quick, interesting side note, and I'm sorry if I'm going on too long here, but um, don't worry. So when I was in high school, up in uh, when I was growing up, it was it, it wasn't called Silicon Valley yet, but it's what mm -hmm. became Silicon Valley. And I was in a band, quote unquote, in high school. Basically, we just rehearsed and played parties. And we would rehearse at the guy who was the drummer's house. Mm -hmm. And this guy's older brother, <clears throat> and you can look this up online. His older brother was a guy named Bill Fernandez. He's the guy who brought Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak together, you know, and then they invented Apple. Wow. So when sometimes when we were rehearsing at uh, Don Fernandez's house. He was the drummer. I would we would see these guys there, just kind of hanging around, or you know they'd be in a room down the hall, and of course we had no idea what was going on. But there was Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and and uh, Bill Fernandez, who later became like Apple employee number one. Then he got bumped down, and he ended up sort of leaving and doing his own thing, but. Anyway, that was kind of, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I would have run down the hall and said, hey, you guys, can I get you something? Are you hungry? Can I, <laughs> can I be on the payroll? Mm. Um, so anyway, that, that's, yeah, that's where I grew up. And then I went to college in Santa Barbara and then I moved to Los Angeles. And I do remember that the first uh, kind of, you know, audition that I had Actually, the, the casting people reached out to the drama department at UC Santa Barbara and probably other colleges. They were looking for, to have people audition for the lead character in this new movie, Dune, the one that was directed by David Lynch. Um, and I was a huge David Lynch fan, if you know. David Lynch, you know, the director of Eraserhead and Blue Velvet. Mm all kinds of things, but um, so that was my first audition, um, you know, and then I just, I did have uh, an on-camera agent through that, and mm. I'd go out on auditions, and I was doing a lot of theater here in LA, mm -hmm. and just working various jobs, trying to, you know, see if I could make it, and I just had a few little on-camera jobs here and there, uh, general hospital there was a tv movie where i i, I had a little scene uh, with martin sheen 
uh, well-known uh, actor. And, but somewhere along the line, I ended up taking a class, a voiceover class, because mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about it, but it was something I thought, mm-hmm. like I said, I, you know, mm-hmm. I like reading out loud. Let's, let's, I don't know, that sounds interesting. And one thing led to another. The woman who taught that class was real helpful to me. And it sort of led me down the path of voice acting. And I ended up eventually, you know, through hits and misses, getting a voiceover agent, uh, same one I still have. Hmm. And, you know, starting to audition for, for things. And my first kind of big voiceover break was the Winnie the Pooh cartoon for mm-hmm. Disney. Um, and then, so that became like the, oh, okay, this is actually something that's kind of working. I'm maybe starting to make a living. Mm-hmm. So I continued doing a lot of theater over the years and just the occasional on-camera thing. But yeah, the voice acting thing for whatever reason. And I think I had a pretty good ear, you know, music, like I had mentioned, is my other thing that I've done for since I was a kid. Uh, my mom was a keyboard, piano, pipe organist, taught piano lessons. And so I was surrounded by music, you know, as far back as I can remember. But having a good ear helps you for some voice acting stuff, you know, characters and sound alikes and like, like Shrek, for example, or even the, the Winnie the Pooh character. Mm. Gopher, that was a sound alike from the original animated uh, shorts from Winnie the Pooh. Um, so that's kind of my very long answer to your first question. <laughs> well, it is sure an interesting question, I think. And we have the next one from Kesra. What is your favorite Hollywood movie? If you have one. Wow, my favorite Hollywood movie, like mainstream movie. Yeah. Mm, boy, <laughs> I'm gonna have to probably put a pin in that. Um, okay, so I have, and I just started going back out to see movies, mm-hmm. like over the last month after a couple of years. Um, and I just saw one that I thought was great. It was the new Elvis movie. Uh, now here, I'm gonna throw out a name that I used to answer if people ask me, what's your favorite movie? I would answer this. I'm not sure if it's true anymore, but, and I'm not even sure if a lot of people even know about it, but it did win the Oscar for best picture a long time ago. Uh, the movie's called Tom Jones. Hmm. Uh, I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a it's a very it's hysterical. It's a funny period piece that's based on the novel of the same name. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's hard to describe, really, um, but I would highly recommend it. Um, like I say, it's like set back in the. 1700s or something mm. um but it's 
and the style of it is kind of wacky and crazy. And there's all kinds of wonderful British actors in it. Um, so uh, Once Upon a Time, that was my favorite movie. And like I say, it won the Academy Award for Best Picture. I think that was 1963, maybe, hmm. way back. Uh, anyway, um, I'll have to, if I think of any others, um, hmm. I will, I'll put them out there. But yeah, that's... <laughs> That's Man. fine. Hope that answers your question, Kesra. The next one is from Atmostand. So would you be willing to reprise the role of Dan Smith if Suda51 does anything more with the Killer7 verse? Hey, I'm, I'm up for reprising any role. Of course. I don't think <laughs> uh, uh, the fans often realize that uh, this is work for you. <laughs> well, you know? yeah, you know, it's... Um, and like one of the reasons I was a little late today is that I had auditions that were due on a deadline and I had to finish them. And, yes. you know, ever since the, the pandemic, for sure, it was sort of heading in that direction anyway, but you have to do everything at home yourself when it comes to auditions. Yeah. It used to be that you would do that sometimes, but then other times, you would go places, which I much preferred, whether it's your agent's office or there were casting places around town where you would actually get, you know, uh, feedback and get and have somebody working with you and giving you direction. And, uh -huh. and you didn't then you didn't have to do all the engineering and editing and all that stuff. Uh -huh, yeah. You could just kind of concentrate on on the performance. Um, but now you have to do everything and you don't get any feedback. So sometimes I'm like wondering, is that, is that any good? I can't even tell anymore. Uh -huh. um, but so, yeah, I mean, the, you're always, I, I, there are people who reach a level where they really don't have to audition anymore. Um, I'm not one of them. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, if somebody said, Hey, we're doing, uh, you know, we're doing another Killer 7 version. We need Dan Smith. Are you interested? I would say, mm, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I know. Available. That I'm available. Yeah. Hey, you know, if, if, it's, if it sounds good enough to you, I'll, absolutely. Um, there was something a couple of, it's like, what, three, three some odd years ago? And now I'm blanking on the title where Dan Smith did, you know, come back. Um, uh, shoot, I'm sure somebody out there knows. But yeah, you know, I would love to. Like I say, any, any of the, uh, anything that I've done, if it's being brought back, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. And, mm. you know, luckily in a couple of the video game characters, that I've done have sort of lived on and re returned over time. The, um, you know, the Diablo mm -hmm. series, uh, the, the voice yeah. of Decker Kane yeah. and the Gears of War franchise with the Carmine brothers. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. Those are yeah. things that have, you know, luckily, you know, they, they, 
you know, that's the thing about being an actor. You do something and then it's over. And then often you just never know if, is that it? I guess maybe that's the end of that. Because mm. um, they also tend to recast sometime. Sometimes, yeah. yeah sometimes you know. they do that. Oh, absolutely. I've been the victim of that. And I've, I've been on both sides of that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Way, way back with the original Call of Duty, um, or one of the first versions of Call of Duty, I was uh, I, I did the character of, of Captain Price. Um, you have a good memory, because that was a while ago. <laughs> oh yes, well I you know I go back a while, so I try to remember stuff. But then you know eventually when other versions of Call of Duty came along, they they had a completely different uh, Captain Price. <clears throat> so yeah you get replaced and uh you know different versions are looking for a different they're just they just want a whole different uh mojo for yeah. something yeah um, so well yeah. it is as it is unfortunately but that doesn't mean that there is no work for you well always you know it's the, <laughs> you always think oh it's, there's never enough because sometimes you know, I mean, luckily, I'm knocking on wood. Yes, this is how I've been able to make a living for for a while. Yeah. And like I say, there are people who are, you know, there are levels. There are people who are up there who just work constantly, all the time, every day, practically. Yeah. And not one of those, but I'm in the middle somewhere. And it's it's there's been some good stuff. If we look at it from this perspective, you'll also technically work every day if you audition for stuff, you know. Well, auditioning is part of the job. Yeah, such. right. So, yeah, even though a lot of times it just seems like a dead end because, <laughs> well, here I am spending all this time and doing all this. I have no yeah. idea if it's going to lead to anything, but that, you know, that's, that, that's, part, that's part of the gig. So, yeah. Yeah, sure is. And now we have the next category of questions, uh, Resident Evil 4. Uh, now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, how big of a fan base you might have for this game, uh, but <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember, you did the voice of Sadler. Osmond Sadler, of course. Uh, hell yeah. And we have the first question, which says, how did you get the role of Sadler? Uh, specifically, I don't remember, but I'm sure it was something that I auditioned for. And this is back in the days when you would go somewhere to audition. Mm -hmm. um, um, I keep looking at the center of my screen, which is not, I should be looking at the camera, right? <laughs> well, so whatever forgive me, think. my gaze is wandering here because uh, I'm looking at your picture. Ah. <laughs> um, the icon. So, yeah. I don't remember exactly where I may have auditioned for it at my agent's office or at a, a casting place around here in LA. Um, I do remember that I believe the woman who was the director on that, I had worked for her before because she had direct, she directed a lot of our, uh, animation and cartoons. Um, and I think 
I may be wrong, but I think this was one of her earlier uh, ventures into directing a video game. Mm, um, really? But she, Ginny uh, McSwain is her name. And she directed tons of cartoons. Um, and I, I think I, I had worked with her on a, a Disney cartoon called Tailspin mm. uh, and some other ones and other things. And I auditioned for her, you know, for different things. So I do remember, if I'm not mistaken, that she was the director on, on this. Uh, um, and yeah, I just, like I said, I don't remember the audition specifically, but of course. I do remember, you know, that he was, once I was at the session, you know, having been chosen, you know, fortunately, um, that he was very, you know, very evil in a very kind of cool, seductive <laughs> way. And, you know, <laughs> uh, where, what did he say? Um, uh, welcome to a little religious community. Uh, uh, ooh, we're going to have a hell of a party tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so great. This falls into the next question from Grimwald. So what was the voice direction like for Sadler? Yeah, boy, you know, I, it's, I, I can't really remember any of course, details i mean no one can expect you to remember it's been a while ago right so yeah i don't even remember what year it was i'm sure somebody knows what what year did it come out but i mean i i, I do remember because i remember her uh being the director that yeah it was it was all in that realm of he's not really you know he's not um like twisting your mustache evil mm -hmm. and you know he's not i mean he's sort of over the top in that he's he's very you know uh r repugnant and evil but he's 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 smooth about it he's yeah you know, he's seductive um and he you know when he gets angry then he gets you know a little more uh, over the top, but I think you know the direction for all of that was that he's um, he's simmering, um, and there's a little bit of of a smile to a lot of what he says, even though it's very disturbing and evil. <laughs> yeah, and have you seen the game? I've seen parts of it. Yeah, I've I've you know uh, I've got. Uh, I think on my website, I've got, you know, I went on YouTube and found clips and just sort of grabbed them and cut a couple together and mm -hmm. put, put them up as one of the, uh, you know, video clips that I have on my website, maybe on YouTube too, I can't remember. Um, so I've seen my own, some of Sadler's parts mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's amazing to me that, you know, you never know what kind of an impact anything you do is going to have. Um, yeah. But here it is, however, many years later, and a lot of people, you know, <laughs> remember it and 
and I'm like, I'm a fanboy of, of various things. So I totally get it. Uh, mm. I mean, uh, we're here years later speaking about it right now. So uh, it definitely yeah. had an impact for sure. No, I, I love the fact that some things can just, you know, kind of live on uh, forever. Yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. No, and I'm honored, you know. <laughs> well, I am too. And the next question from Gino Epic is, uh, uh, how long did it take to get all the recordings done? Just a few sessions, I would uh, probably assume. Yeah. Um, again, can't again, remember. It was a while ago. So yeah, I mean. I will, I'll, I'll compare it to something else that I did, which was um, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Mm-hmm in which I kind of basically played the entire Nord race, um, which was great. Uh, all kind, you know, there were dozens of different characters and they all sort of sounded similar um, with the Nord, you know, because they all had that kind of similar accent and way of mm -hmm. speaking. Um, but that was, a, that was a pretty good number of sessions over you know, a few weeks. Um, and they did tell me when I was done that they said, you've got more lines in this than anybody. And they, they told me, I forget, you know, you had like 3,628 lines. Good God, that's a lot of lines. <laughs> it was, it was a lot, but it was, and you know, I'm, like I say, I'm grateful for any work. So that was great. Yeah. Um, in contrast, I think Resident Evil was, yeah, maybe just two or three different sessions. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was something that was kind of done. And that's usually the case. Um, usually you work on something. And if it's something that's kind of ongoing, then maybe things are spread out over time. You know, so you'll do one thing here and then, you know, six months later you'll do another one and then i think those the the resident evil uh, stuff was done all pretty close you know within all within like the same month or mm -hmm. a couple of weeks maybe and maybe just maybe two maybe three sessions i can't remember mm. okay that would make sense i mean yeah. i don't it's been a while since i played the game but i don't remember sadler having two many parts yeah there, i mean so. he had his just kind of his limited appearances and yeah yeah and a lot of times they will um whatever you're working on sometimes it's given a code name so you don't even know what it is necessarily yeah uh, and they will tell you only as much as you need to know so you yeah. work on something you have no idea what what's going on outside of that or what the rest of this is Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I knew of Resident Evil at the time, um, but yeah, this was all kind of new to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you expected the game to be so huge. I mean, I think this is one of the best-selling Resident Evil games. It's It still holds up uh, today. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people play it. And uh, the next question from Spyro the Fourth is: Do you have a favorite Saddler line, or any that you get asked by fans to say? 
<laughs> well, um, yeah, what was... Uh, uh, Let me see. I think that one line was here. My name is Sadler, the master of this fine religious... Fine I, I can relig write, type that down for you, okay? Because I'm sure right. they would love you to Sadler. say it. My name is Sadler. Religious community. Did you uh, have an accent for him? Yeah, he didn't really have an accent. It was more of just, uh, excuse the ringing in the background here. All good. Um, no, he didn't have like a, an English accent really. He spoke kind of with what you might, is referred to maybe as like a mid-Atlantic accent, which just means that you're speaking kind of properly. <clears throat> you know, um, but no real accent, as I recall. Uh, you know, my name is Osman Sadler. Uh, what does he say? I'm the head of this fine religious community. And then there's another, um, there was another line I can't remember. It's something about, you know, don't expect a Hollywood ending and his, and his inner uh you know, the demon comes exploding out of his face. Oh, yeah, I can't remember that line all that well. But yeah. <laughs> actually, there's a pretty funny request from Jumpin' Gapler Car saying, if you could reenact this one line, but in Shrek's voice. <laughs> okay, here's, let me try doing a pseudo version of Sadler, and then I'll try okay. doing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Sadler, the master of this fine religious community. Let us give you our intoxicating power. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> hey, donkey. My name is Sadler, the master of this fine religious community. Come here, let me give you my intoxicating power. No, I don't want any waffles. Donkey, donkey, leave me alone. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. I... I mean, I uh, your your Shrek voice is just great. It's it's oh, thank you. it's Mike Myers quality. <laughs> well, you know that was hopefully the idea. Let me just—I'll give you a real quick kind of um, story about how that came about. Please do. Yeah. Just so, if you recall, I mentioned you know the uh, the woman who wrote that first play that I ever did in college. Um, yeah. after I moved to LA, she moved to LA and she was going to film making school, you know, to be a writer director. And there was a few other people that she knew from film school. And for a while, there were like four or five of us, we would get together every other, like Thursday, I think at this one restaurant. And we would just sit around and like throw out ideas and the goal was we're gonna to try to write stuff. Um, 
it, it was fun. It was great. And it never really led to anything concrete, but we did write, you know, some things and present them to each other and say, hey, what about that? Uh, one of the other people in this little group uh, was a guy named David. Fast forward, like years later, he is working for DreamWorks and they just started their new animation department. And the first thing that they did was really was the first Shrek movie. And I, uh, you know, I happened to be talking to my friend, her name is Karen, on the phone one day and we were just chatting and she mentioned that David, this mutual friend of ours who now works at DreamWorks, was going to be, and she's in Santa Barbara, living in Santa Barbara, he was going to be coming through town and they were going to get together and have dinner. And she just happened to mention that he had been working on some things in relation to Shrek and that they, he mentioned that they were trying to find a, a, a you know, a backup voice for Shrek. Mm. And I said, hmm, you know, I think I could, I think I could maybe do it or try it and so and so we, we, if you don't mind why don't you mention that to him because he he'll he remembers me he knows why so she did and then i ended up having a phone call with david and doing this little audition over the phone with him and and he was at that point you know working as a producer for dreamworks mm-hmm. so like, I don't know, a week or two later, I get this email through my agents saying, they want to fly you up to San Francisco. Uh, and then there, there was a whole bunch, there was like a handful of commercials to do. So mm. it just sort of happened that way. I, I did, I f- flew up to San Francisco, which is where their animation headquarters was at the time. Mm. Now it's down here in LA. Uh, you know, near where Disney is actually. Um, But so that was the first time I worked on it. And it was like, yeah, a handful of commercials, but that they were, because the second Shrek movie was going to be, was already in the works. And Mm -hmm. so they were, there was, you know, commercials for like, I can't even remember. Some of them were even international. There was like a, a commercial for Australia. Uh, there were like soap commercials. So, you know, soft drink commercials, McDonald's and all, and these are all, you know, with the character of Shrek in them. And for whatever reason, Mike Myers isn't available to do stuff, or maybe he wants too much money to do stuff. Um, Right. And and, uh, so, you know, and that's the case with a lot of things. Disney has a whole department called Disney Character Voices, which is nothing but overseeing every character that's ever existed and making sure that the voices for those characters continue on with continuity, you know, sound alikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this, this Shrek thing. And again, you know, it was off and on and I haven't, you know, heard or done anything lately, but for the that first the the first thing that i was involved with was shrek 2 you know and these commercials and then there are also live shows 
you know, or installations, or um, in the case of Shrek 2, the, the, when the DVD came out, they had like bonus features and one of them was like a mock of American Idol where Shrek is one of the contestants and he's singing. So I got to sing as Shrek. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that. Yeah, if you if you get the, you know, I know DVDs aren't, you know, aren't <laughs> that big a deal anymore. But if you find the Shrek 2 DVD, one of the extra features is called Far Away Idol, which is, you know, a spoof of American Idol. And the guy, Simon Cowell, the guy from, you know, the yeah, producer. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. yeah, he did his own voice on this, you know, this this special thing yeah um so that i even forget where the question started but uh yeah that was my little side detour on how doing the voice of shrek came about you know it was definitely a connection with the 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 woman girl who wrote that very first play that i did in college well, I think that was a really interesting answer. I, I haven't played a lot of the Shrek games, but there was this one that I have happened to play a few years ago. It, it was called Shrek Super Slam. And I can't remember if, if, right. if, uh, if it was any good, uh, but I know you were in that. And uh, Was that, was that like wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I remember that one yeah no there's been all kinds of pretty interesting things to do I should oh here's another real quick thing so one of the installations it was for uh a big theme park somewhere in like uh, I don't in Asia I forget where Singapore maybe something like that mm -hmm. uh but they had a whole you know, outdoor setup of, of like far, far away and Shrek's swamp. And th this gives you an idea of the nature of the sense of humor. But one of the things that you could kind of walk up to was a thing called Shrek's outhouse. Um, and I think they showed me like a little picture, you know, of the plans of it. You walk up a little hill and you can't really get too close to it but you, you walk up a hill and there's an outhouse you know and Shrek's inside using the outhouse and so you hear him you know making various uh, like oh, oh no oh somebody light a torch don't come don't come any closer Woo, that's a good one you know stand back and uh so there and there were like holiday christmas you know live things where you and rides and things so the voice of shrek has been used for all kinds of different things yeah it's it's crazy that you did so many things as shrek i mean i only thought you did the video games right but there's well more. Th there were other yeah there was there's a, a really good it's actually really well done it's um it's, it's a spoof of the Michael Jackson video thriller. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called 
Killer Nights. And it's basically, it's like a Halloween themed thing with Shrek and Donkey and, uh, you know, um, everybody. And it's really good. I think you can search it out. Shrek Killer Nights, I think is the title. Yes. There was a Shrek pinball machine <laughs> that had, that I remember doing the voice for. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of interesting, fun, different things. Mm -hmm. Well, since, I mean, you're kind of the second voice of Shrek, if we could say that, do you think they would ever consider you for like a actual film, uh, role in Shrek in case Myers wouldn't be available? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, um, I think with these animated movies by Disney, uh, the celebrity issue is a thing, you know, that well, they want celebrities. True. It's all celebrities, most of the main yeah. animated characters. And, you know, obviously Mike Myers has the corner on Shrek. I mean, it's now he wasn't the original idea for Shrek, as I understand it. Um, I think... Chris Farley, who, you know, passed away not too long after, you know, the whole Shrek thing started, was originally supposed to be uh, Shrek. Uh, he's, you know, he was another actor from Saturday Night Live and very funny and, you know, kind of mm. a big crazy guy. And uh, so, but then it fell, you know, came to Mike Myers who had already done his Scottish thing uh, in the in the this character that he did in the, in the movie I Married an Ex Murderer right um, and on Saturday Night Live so you know he ended up doing his it's not a full Scottish accent it's just sort of a half uh, it's sort of a halfway Scottish accent for Shrek um, but yeah you know I mean obviously for whatever major Shrek things there are he's pretty much you know he's the he's the man um yeah. I, like i say i'm <laughs> i'm i'm open and available to anything yeah and it's been like i said it's been a while I, there hasn't been any shrek stuff uh, for me lately and maybe there's other stuff going on that i don't even know about but uh perhaps um it was yeah no it was you know off and on for for a number of years it was a great uh it's it's great you know who knows maybe there'll be some more yeah hopefully i mean again you do a great sound alike of mike myers for shrek really it's amazing thank you donkey <laughs> but getting back to resident evil uh some fans have been wondering if you would be returning in the new Resident Evil 4 remake as Sadler. Not that I've heard of. Okay. It, you know, well, uh, uh, they have already re released a trailer, and in case you would be in it or you wouldn't want to confirm it or not, then that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but people were really interested. Well, all I, I can confirm that I... Uh, I, it would have been nice, uh, but as far as I know, I'm no. I I, I didn't get uh, I didn't get the call. 
for that. Well, unfortunately, I, uh, I believe your union, right? I believe Capcom has uh, really went for the non-union actors because I guess it's cheaper for them. So uh, uh, with that, yeah. none of the actual actors from the game are returning in this remake. And uh, I think that's a bit disappointing, but uh, well, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know, you know, there's always been that dichotomy between, you know, a lot of stuff that's done without union uh, talent. Um, and um, yeah, you know, hopefully when you get to a certain point and yeah, I mean, I originally joined the union through the theater union. Uh, mm -hmm. in, this, in, in, in this country, it's uh, actors' equity. Um, and back then, if you were a member of equity and had worked, and I got you know, my first theater job as an equity member in Shakespeare's The Tempest, um, and you could then join SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, after mm -hmm. a year. So that's what I did. I joined SAG after a year of being a member of Equity. Now they changed that like pretty soon. And after that, so you couldn't do that. And then also at the time you could join AFTRA, which was a separate, SAG and AFTRA used to be separate. Now they've merged. Um, and you could join, pretty much anybody could join SAFTRA. You just had to pay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a source of, you know, pride that you've made it to a certain level where you're a union uh, actor, you know, which means you've, uh, you're, you know, quote unquote, you're a professional. And, you know, this is really your, you know, you have achieved that status. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I know, obviously, tons of things are done non-union. So a lot of times you um, are, you're restricted. Being a union member is pretty restrictive. There's a lot of work that you basically aren't supposed to do and can't do. Yeah. So you miss out on a bunch of stuff. There is the whole core member thing, which I won't really get into too much, but Five you know, right the union, thing. Yeah, you know, it allows you to still be a member of the union mm -hmm. and do non-union stuff yeah. at the same time. You have to, you know, there are certain restrictions and penalties that you have to abide by. Um, and that never really made sense to me. It's like, well, if, I mean, if you're in the union, then what's the point if you can just kind of do anything anyway? Um but I know a lot of people have done that. And obviously, you know, it means that you could work more. So if you need to work, I, I get it. So, yeah, I mean, so like you say, the, the new uh, Resident Evil may, if it's kind of done uh, as a non-union project, then yeah, I guess I wouldn't have heard anything. Well, it is unfortunate, but it's not a problem. Hopefully, yeah. uh, Hopefully, uh, we'll still get to see you do Sadler sooner or later, you know. Uh, That'd be great. 
Yeah, for example, right now, uh, Playful Rutabaga is asking if you could say ogres are like onions as Sadler. <laughs> We're getting, my mind is getting scrambled here. <clears throat> um, ogres are like onions. You peel away the layers and it stinks. <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for at the moment. Oh. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for taking the time and coming on. And if I may have one more request, do you think Sadler would have anything to say about the Vogue podcast? This is Osmond Sadler. I highly recommend that you listen to my favorite podcast the Vogue podcast because if you don't I'll find out about it and you wouldn't want that would you (laughs) 